0: Welcome to the Destination Begin Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here, sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to another episode of the podcast I have everyone's favorite guest with me today miss amanda hello the greatest woman alive the goat no that would be the greatest of all time the greatest (laughs) of all time woman alive (laughs) and we're off Um, amanda's here visiting me in miami and i could not pass up the opportunity to record a podcast with her because we've done a couple together and they are among my top uh episodes you guys like her almost as much as you like me and more than you like, Randy. So, <laughs> And <laughs> it's just fun. And it's just fun. We're sitting here. Um, my phone is on a Target box um, in which was delivered floor cleaner today. That is the complexity of podcasting. If you think, I want to do a podcast, but I don't have the technology available to me, <laughs> well, just order some floor cleaner, prop the box up on your table, set your phone on it, crack some diet soda with your bestie, and start. Because <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah, just like that just like that. So what we want to talk about is the fact that um, we did a bodybuilding show last year and we did a a podcast about it and it's been almost a year and now we're getting ready for another show. And so I thought, hey, let's talk about what's happened since our last show because we've been through a lot um, mentally, emotionally, and physically in the process. And since I talk a lot here about diet and body image and lifestyle and all of this stuff, it's, uh, it's a really great topic for us to kind of dive into. It's important that those of you who listen understand that there are ups and downs. There, There's never an arrival point, I don't think, for any human, especially women, I think, um, when it comes to body issue and body issues, body sensitivity, body awareness, self-esteem, all of that. And she and I have navigated that this last year in a lot of, I think, for me at least,
1: surprising ways and with a lot of growth. Yeah. For me, it's been... A roller coaster but a good one a good exploration of you know what your brain thinks and says to you uh, through different stages of of your goal and through your body changing and your um, food habits changing and your relationship with food so
0: yeah our relationship with food our relationship with our body I think is um it's that's when we talk, Amanda and I talk on Marco almost every day. And it's something that we're able to talk about freely because we can relate and because we kind of navigated this together. And then we find out that, oh, we are not alone. That the things that we think and go through, there's nothing new under the sun. So that's why we're going to talk about this. So our show was last May, the first weekend in May. And um, we talked on here, we did a podcast, and we laugh about it a lot because we recorded that podcast. And we were very serious about this is hard, and we love the hard, and yeah, we're just doing it, and we're embracing it. And then I think it was the very next day that like, our scales went up, and we just hit a wall of negativity.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a train wreck. And it was lies, a lot of it. <laughs> what, what we thought and what reality was was quite a bit different in hindsight. Yeah, the next
0: day, Amanda was like, you know what? Um, The scale isn't moving, and I'm just going to accept the fact that I won't be able to do the show, and I'm just fat, and it's just over. Yep, just not going to be able to do it. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) She was not consolable. She was not to be talked off the ledge. It was just, nope, it's just the way it is. (laughs) And then we went and lifted, and when I look back at the pictures we took that day, completely jacked. There was no fat on your body. You were like this bulging, raging machine of muscle. (laughs) Convinced that you are fat and never gonna take the stage and look like a loser. If I looked like that
1: today, I would go get on the stage tomorrow. And
0: it was so funny because it was literally two days after we sat here at this same table recording a podcast, being like, we love how hard it is. That's why we're doing it. uh, uh, uh Walden Farms.
1: <laughs> Sugar-free things. It's great. It's very hard, but it's very fulfilling.
0: Oh, we are so fulfilled as women right now, <laughs> chasing our goals. Yeah. 48 hours later, do not talk to me. I'm a failure. Yeah. I'm so fat and disgusting. I've blown it. Yeah. Yeah. So... That happened, but we indeed got to the stage, and um, we we slayed it. Amanda won her. <laughs> <laughs> I won my novice category. <clears throat> yes, so Amanda competed in figure. So for those of you who maybe haven't listened to that podcast, so I compete in the bikini division, which is the small little the small division. Essentially, you have, don't have as much muscle, and you work on getting a good glute to waist ratio and shoulder to waist ratio, and you're basically skinny with some muscle. But Amanda's in the figure division, which is like, you know, more muscle, very significant uh, amounts of muscle, and then like this nice V taper, and it's just more of a, it's more of an actual legit bodybuilder division,
1: well, I think. I wouldn't, division, s- I wouldn't think. discount the the bikini, I mean, that's definitely Oh, I'm not leg- discounting it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm legit, baby. You're, le- no. you're legit. <laughs> I would say that it's more body parts, period, right? Because as bikini, you're not judged on your back. True. um, You know, other other things. So, so figure, you're definitely hitting every, every body part. Yes. I mean, you know.
0: Yeah. So we competed. There aren't as many people in figure. And so Mandy got on stage earlier in the day and was done earlier in the day. Yeah. Which was really fun for her. My classes
1: were like... 10 people, 8 to 10 probably, which was a nice a nice number of competitors in each class. So I felt like I wasn't um well, except for my <laughs> except for my novice category that I happen to be in where they split up. They do this silly thing where they split out height, you, you know, every like 2 inches. Yes. Which I feel like is overkill. I don't know, somebody should talk to whoever the decider is about that because really What's the difference between someone who... So, I'm 5'4 and a half. So, I got put in the 5'4 to 5'6 category, which I was the only person in it. So,
0: (laughs) So you won. I won.
1: (laughs) I told her to tell everyone that she won her
0: division. And she did not need to say that she was the only
1: one. That's true. Yeah, I know. You won. I I, I do say that. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good.
0: So, you won that division. And then the overall,
1: there were how many, like... There were probably 10, I think, in my my open category which is also divided by height and then if you win your height class you go to the overall but I didn't win my height class I didn't come close to winning although I did feel like I belonged with the whole group which was really kind of the ultimate goal um at the beginning of this whole quest for both of us
0: yeah we'd said that we just wanted to look like we fit in as a competitor and it wasn't that whole look at those brave ladies with the swimsuits yeah being brave Mm hmm so yeah, I got to watch Amanda on stage and she just totally slayed it. And it's always confusing like when they call do first call outs and all that stuff when you don't understand how what they're looking for and judging and it was our first experience cuz I'm like
1: she totally won all the things. And then she didn't and I was like what? Was my fun. whole family, I went back into the audience and sat by my family after I was on stage and they all told me that I surely won <laughs> or like yeah. top 3 for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I believed them. Yeah, <laughs> I believed them too. <laughs> I was like wow it, was, it wasn't true but it didn't matter I felt like a winner period It was yeah. an amazing experience It was really good was so All funny. the uncertainty leading up to it All the you know, d- days where I just felt like throwing in the towel Like it's just not going to work out I don't even know, I'm not cut out for this It's whatever, it was a nice idea It was it's, it's stupid <laughs> but, but it was great And I felt strangely calm and confident backstage yeah, yeah, you, you did. You, you felt that way too, didn't you? Uh,
0: I was kind of a mess, but but your <laughs> your confidence helped me a lot because you were there, like, all right, we did all the work, we're here now. It's time to have fun. It's our like like when we would run marathons, the training was the work, but the marathon day was the victory lap, right. and that's very much how you approached the show day too, which was which was really great, which made it a lot of fun. Right, I didn't quite get there to that same level, but I wanted to.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, so you did yours in the morning and then the thing with my classes it was a billion bikini competitors so it was a really long day and they had us split up by height and then there was true novice and novice and masters and masters over 40 it was just a long day it was fun but then it was kind of like when you know I didn't place anywhere near anything and so at some point they just had to tromp across stage and wave just to get your second on stage, because there was so many of us. Um, so it was still a really, really fun experience. The first time I went on stage, my first time doing my routine, that was awesome. That's what I remember. It was very validating. It was like, wow, I did all of this work. Now I'm here. Here I am. Woody who. It was awesome. And then the rest of it was just a lot of tromping around, being pretty in heels, which got old a little fast, but um, it was just a big show. That was all. But it was still an amazing experience, and... A long day and lots of spray tan and then we got to eat and it was really really fun yeah so and that was in st louis so we traveled there the next day we got up we had a really nice brunch it
1: was mother's day I think. it
0: was mother's day mm-hmm. we ate we ordered everything on the menu and ate all the things it was just awesome the, the i just remember the eating afterwards was just delightful <laughs>
1: very
0: good and the shower washing the spray tan off is something i'll never forget that was the most delightful feeling Oh, my God.
1: They spray tan use, like, three. We did three coats. We did three coats. That was a mistake. This time, that's one of my learning um, items is that I won't do three coats again. I'll do two this time. I was very dark. Yeah. Yeah. I think it actually it concealed my muscles a little bit. Like, I don't think, like, I showed as as well as I could have. The whole point of the spray tan, if anybody is wondering, some people think, oh, it's just vanity. So they want to get tan before they go on stage. It's part of the deal. So you get the competition tan generally with everybody else i mean you can do your own but everyone does the tan because it accentuates your muscles yes so
0: that's one of our favorite memories that we talk about is you know we get there it's a lot of it's a lot of scheduling what time do you have spray tan what time do you have hair you check in you have all these things going on and um at some point you gotta put on a bathrobe traipse across the hotel go to the convention center room that they have completely covered in paper to protect everything. And they've got these little tents that you stand in, buck naked. They give you these little sticky things for your feet so you don't tromp around. They give you little um, fuzzy little things to stuff up your nose so you don't breathe mm-hmm. the fumes. Mm-hmm. Um, they put hair a hairnet hair <laughs> over your hair. And then you stand buck naked spread eagle and some strange person walks in with a wand and they just start spray tanning you and they say bend over touch your toes gotta
1: get under the butt cheeks yeah yeah it's important
0: yeah and they just spray tan you and then they have you go to a drying tent and you stand there with your arms up and your legs spread with a fan on you they had nice music in there Uh and at one point i look over (laughs) And Amanda, we're just standing there like it's normal to be buck naked with a little thing stuffed up our nose with a hairnet.
1: And like 30 other people.
0: Dancing. And I just looked at her and I was like, we're so pretty. all this work to get glam and it comes down to buck naked almost like you're going to prison this is the strip shirt but shower line <laughs> and it's normal and everyone's walking around like this is the most normal way to spend your day the people working there are like no shits given that they're oh next naked person
1: yeah.
0: and then the door would open and people would come in and people outside the door would just be able to see in and you didn't even think about it it's like what so i'm naked what what of it there's just zero concern anymore yeah. of course we were in the best shape of our entire lives yeah and so i guess i didn't go care. ahead look yeah look <laughs> this, is, this is a good time to look if you're gonna look
1: <laughs> Here it is <laughs> So
0: that's one of my that's one of our favorite memories is like no one else was there our show sherpas our friends and family that were there to help they were not there it was just me and amanda the culmination of all of it naked <laughs> <laughs> getting spray canned. yeah it was fun memory and then you know the day of the show right before you go on they have some people last minute to spray you with some shiny buff stuff and then glue your suit into your butt crack
1: I didn't get the shiny buff stuff you didn't no oh I know I screwed up (laughs) the shiny buff could have put you over the top I know I think that's probably why I didn't place (laughs) well yeah
0: (laughs) thank god there was only one person Mm -hmm. in that one division because if they gotten buffed and you hadn't you would have taken second that's right (laughs) Well, for me, they 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 do they they grab your suit and they, you know, basically glue it into your butt crack so that it doesn't move and become, you know, obscene. <laughs> so you've got strangers, strange women grabbing your your G-string, sparkly bikini, pulling it out of your butt crack and then gluing it right onto the surface of your butt crack. <laughs> and in the front, too. And you're like, "Thank you. Thank you." <laughs> awesome. Yes. I mean, in this, they do this in public. You're just in backstage. Men, women walking around. Well, strange people. I never met them before reaching into my swimsuit
1: to glue it. So My glue didn't stay either. Did yours? Yeah. Oh, no. I had to peel that puppy uh-huh. off later. No, mine moved right away. <laughs> <laughs> my butt crack just ate up my suit. <laughs> That's why I felt just so confident going on stage. Just 500 people out there. <laughs>
0: Well, and it's just so funny. I go back to the day we decided to do a show. We went and watched a show, and those girls in their sparkly bikinis turn around and stick their butts out, and they get judged. And we looked at each other like... Horrifying. horrified, Because our butts, not good. At no. That <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, come on, butts? they are yeah, they're bad anyway. And our <laughs> we had mom butts. <laughs> <laughs> Most butts. No, not not something ready. You really
1: want to look at no. no. Most
0: butts are not ready to just turn around stick like stick out into an audience. Not of stage juntas. ready. No, no. But we said, all right, this looks really hard and terrifying. We must do it. And then fast forward a year and a half. Fast forward, huh? Mm-hmm. And here we are walking around with our butts glued into suits, sticking them in people's faces, and doing well. Yeah, you won. Mm-hmm. Your butt won. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so that was the show it was awesome and then then it comes the fun of the show is over now what and i think this was where uh i underestimated the extent of the shock to my system especially being a binge eater especially having been obese um i did a podcast about it it really 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 threw me and um it took me i don't know it took it took me months to be able to come to grips with everything. I don't even know how to articulate it quickly, but um, it was tough to just go, to know what to do. Like, oh, I'm going to lift. Why? I don't have a goal anymore. And I'm gaining weight and that's okay and that's good, but it doesn't feel good and I feel fat even though I'm not fat, but I feel fat, but I also want to eat all the things. I don't want to stop eating all the things, but I should stop eating
1: all the things. It was a mess. I think you described it best when you talked about a a pendulum swinging, and it was like it swung so far and so hard that there was almost like a a deep instinct that was triggered in my brain as well, where I really struggled to find any kind of balance or normal food behavior. And I say normal, like that kind of exists. But I, I just didn't know how to not eat very little or eat really a lot, and it felt like there wasn't even thoughts behind it. It was like an instinct, and it probably had to do with the low body fat and the starving at some level. And then at on another level, you know, the binge eating and all the history of dieting and weight loss and gain in both of our histories was probably has a lot to do with it too. But
0: Yeah, I think the instinct, you're right. I mean, our bodies are not meant to be that lean, period. That right. was the overwhelming lesson. I finally got it through my head was – Especially looking back at pictures, that is not sustainable. It is not healthy, and and your body is a machine. Our bodies are machines, and they know what they need. Mm-hmm. So that instinct to eat, while a lot of it was, I mean, obviously the instinct to eat Oreos is one that could have been better controlled. But the instinct to have put fat back on was, I mean, it's a appropriate, protect- appropriate, yeah. So our body fighting for survival Mm -hmm. That's the lizard brain
1: that is um, actually uh, doing us a favor Mm -hmm. at that point. I had never felt such a thing in my life, though. You know, I'd never been so thin, so lean, where that was an issue. Where my body actually was, like, physically, like, kicking on into, like, survival mode. And I'm sure, how many times did it come up pre-show, somebody said... Well, my, be- my biggest advice is to, you know, have a good reverse diet plan. Have a good plan. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, it'll be yep. fine. Really. I don't even know if I'm going to make it to the stage, right? I can only think about so many things. And really, the task that's set before me is already unbearably difficult and challenging to wrap my head around. Right. I, I'm sure I won't have an issue eating on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry about me.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. And it, I mean, our coach told us that. Other competitors told us that. Um, but yeah, you, you you hear it and you go, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine. Plus, you're like, awesome, I'm going to be able to eat more. That's surely going to be easier than this because we were so hyper restrictive.
1: Do you know what your final body fat number was? The DEXA had me at 10.2%. Uh, yeah. So the in-body I no longer registered on. So I would step on it and it would say seven point something and then the little line would go up my body the little like it's filling me up and then nothing would happen you broke it (laughs) so it would just there's some algorithm in there and it just nothing yeah
0: yeah it's hard to know I mean I got asked that a lot too I did a dexa scan here in Miami at a place where their dexa scan is a piece of garbage because it had me at like 14% body fat and that it's absolutely I'm like 15% body fat now so it was bull it was bull um but So, like, my coach and a couple other people just said, based on what you look like, they put me at, like, yeah, 7 or 8%, which I think is probably probably accurate for both of us. Mm -hmm. There was no fat left on our bodies. It was just... I got way too lean um, for what I was supposed to look like. Um, I don't know that you got too lean, but you
1: got very lean. I think it's hard because the... And people will vary with what body parts respond at what times during the shredding process, but my butt and thighs just were really resistant. And so I think the rest of my body got really, really lean, you know, just to get my bottom half to respond and look at least close to how we wanted it to look. So um, both of our faces looked incredibly gaunt. That's the main thing we look at when we look back at pictures. We have these (laughs) super sunken in cheeks and these lines around our mouths are just so pronounced. They're like canyons.
0: Yes. bad well and we use Marco Polo as an app uh if you don't have Marco Polo if you don't has Marco Polo who am I if you don't have it you should use it and it's a great way to video chat and so she and I would video chat every day and going back I can look back at the video chats and we just look like these haggard old 65 year old smokers anorexic smokers our faces were all lines and we just looked haggard and way too lean and I don't know if that's because we got too lean or it was because it was the first time I don't know but it's hilarious to look at now and also like oh my dear lord
1: yeah I freaked out and I ran off and I got Botox and fillers (laughs) (laughs) fill it in baby. (laughs) and then post-show it wasn't a great look because of course my face got big again it's normal size and then I had a bunch of fillers on top. It's a little chipmunk Amanda walking yeah. around. My husband, on, you know, maybe he shouldn't have said this the way he said it, but he did say when it was going to go away because you look like a chipmunk. <laughs>
0: that was, yeah, yeah. That, good verbiage, Jeff. So, but, yeah. It
1: was a little sensitive at that time. I was like,
0: <laughs> one at the time, we didn't even, like, really even see it. Like, I didn't see how incredibly thin my face looked either. And I had COVID, the, like, two weeks leading up to the show. So I laid in bed and panted. And just, I think I dropped a couple pounds a day. It was crazy. I got way too lean, and so my face—I just looked, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But um, all of that to say, our bodies were fighting for survival. And so after the show, I think, what did you do? I remember you went on some trips or something, or you did. I remember you yeah. doing some fun things. Yeah, and I did eating some cool a stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> did a lot of eating. Um, I tried to limit it to like one or two days of have everything I wanted and then back on track. That was, I think the idea. And it seemed like I couldn't string together. I mean, one day, I I don't know if I, I would get one day and then I'd have one day where I just fall off the deep end and just eat all the things. I remember buying donuts at a farmer's market the next weekend and like thinking, okay, one for each of my kids and one for me. And then I ate like six. (laughs) <laughs> right um, and i felt like trash um just sick to my stomach i would eat and i would feel sick which is a terrible feeling i, I yeah it wasn't good it like but i did i went camping with them we ate all the things we made pancakes and i i had no rules really except to try to like fit in what my kind of target macros were i was still using my fitness pal trying to track food um a lot of the days were incomplete if you know what i mean <laughs>
0: Yeah, my God, like, I'm done logging. And my
1: thumbs are tired. <laughs> Every day would start good, and then you know. Yeah. Do you know how much weight you gained right after? Yeah, I happened to have a doctor appointment on Tuesday after the show, so that was just one, two, three days, and I was 152 pounds at the doctor's appointment, and I was 132 on show day. So yeah, you 20 gained 20 pounds, pounds in five days. In three days in three. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, a lot of that was water because we could, do dehydrate at first stage. Right. It was water, but I was 136 before dehydrating. Yeah. It was really just water retention, you know, yeah. crazy reaction to Huge. whatever was, you know, eaten and drank and everything after the show. Uh, but it never really came down. I mean, I hovered in the high 140s for a little while. And so I, I immediately put on. 15 pounds that never went down again I mean after that
0: yeah mine didn't either I had I was 137 on stage and I remember a week later I was 141 so I had kind of kept it I'd kind of kept it under wraps or you know I'd kept it under control um because I had Randy came and visited me one week later and I didn't want to be fat and I remember when he showed up I was 141 and I apologized to him for being so fat being like, I'm so f- I'm so sorry you missed out seeing me at my stage weight. I'm so fat, and I felt that way. I did, and he was like, "No, no, like it's you crazy. are look really skinny." And like, I made him run with me. We lifted. I was like, still trying to keep this going, and I, I I couldn't do it. But I had I decided to get surgery a month later and have my final skin removal surgery. So I did want to stay lean for that. So I think I overstressed about it because of that which kept me from like super going off the deep end but then what happened is I had surgery the first week of June I was 150 on surgery day and then I proceeded to sit for two weeks recovering literally sitting because it was like skin removal on my lower butt so I was sitting and so I couldn't move I was hungry because my body was freaking out and I needed to recover from surgery so that is when I really 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 ate I mean I sat here and ate and then I cried about it journal about it and ate <laughs> and i was swollen and holding water and that was just awful and then my birthday came and so i just ate donuts and more donuts and more donuts Yeah. <laughs> and so i feel like i never i never got back down either after that which is probably good i yeah. mean ultimately the body knew what it was doing um but i spent i don't know three months um my body kind of settled in but in but mentally. I did never calm down. I was in anguish and in mental distress all summer, just trying to come to terms with my body and my food.
1: Yeah, there was the initial for me, the initial few weeks. I felt like my actions were pretty good, even though some I was susceptible to these binging episodes. I really tried to stay positive. I tried to do all the things that I hadn't been able to fully do during prep with my family and my kids and go on trips and enjoy certain types of foods and, um, not necessarily be so strict with my cardio and my lifting. Although I was trying to use the extra calories I was consuming and, you know, constructively and and continue to build muscle. Like I had that mindset. So on one hand, I feel okay about how it went. I would have liked it to be less stressful and less anguish. Like you said, um, that's my big goal for this time
0: yeah totally because that's you know that was the thing was all that mental anguish and mental stress and yes our bodies did respond and there was a pendulum but you know in my head I was going right back to 400 pounds that was what my mind it was this extreme thing and if I could have just stayed calm and was like it's okay if the scale goes up I know that it will settle and I also know how to lose weight I know how to do this i know exactly how to get a result if i want one now i know that but i feel like initially after a show it was just kind of too much to take in maybe um but then i decided to do another show (laughs) partly because i couldn't figure out my life like i couldn't figure out how to live without being on prep so i don't regret doing it because it did get a lot of those binge behaviors back out of my life and then i did a show and i was like 152 on stage And I felt so much better. I didn't go as lean. I didn't get as skinny. I didn't go as extreme. I looked really good in that show. I felt really good in that show. I wasn't exhausted. I didn't get sick, obviously, leading up to it. And so that show really kind of showed me, all right, now I know I don't have to get so lean. I have to get so skinny, and I can still look really good on the stage. And it was a small show, and it was fun. But I still swore I'd never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) All done, no more. I can't do that again. That's crazy. I want to live my life.
1: And then here we are. The process is, I won't say addicting, but it's attractive for certain reasons. I think just the exploration of the challenge in your brain and the discipline um, and the, uh, the rigidity of the, of the structure of your day-to-day routine, of your food, of your workouts, we talk very little about the workouts. People look at your body at one of these things and they're like, wow, how much working out do you do? That's the question you get when yeah. you're out. Like, how long a day? To, yeah. Hours a day. It's actually... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do work out. I mean, yeah, I'm there most days. I do approach my lifting with intensity, but that's not the hard part. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. The lifting part is honestly the easiest part.
0: Honestly. It's enjoyable. It's fun. It's powerful. And it's not that much time. We are not in the gym for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. But it's funny because it's a bodybuilding competition. And that is the easiest part. The hardest part is the food. Yes. And the mental war. So here we are prepping for another show. And it's been a year for Amanda. It's been, I don't know, eight months for me. But... The big question of okay why are we doing another show and how is this going to be different and what have we done in the meantime so amanda and i have had kind of different approaches i've learned a lot from amanda during this process i feel like her mentality about it and her approach to it has been very healthy and well correct (laughs) and so i think it's been interesting to to observe the ability to approach all of this with incredible logic common sense even though i know it's also not that easy it's still emotional but amanda has the talent of also knowing amanda's more like smart and understanding the science of things i don't often dig into that and so the idea of okay we're gonna do a show if we're gonna do another show we want to have a result that's different how do we do that we got to add muscle how do we do that well
1: we have to eat We have to eat and lift and make sure you're at least maintaining cal at a calorie maintenance not in a deficit or you know a little mm-hmm. surplus is helpful so why did you decide you wanted to do another show i think like i said before i just really i felt like there was a lot of room for improvement just personally with the process on the prep side and on the post-show side um i don't I'm not so hung up on the outcome. I hope that, you know, there's physical changes with my body, with my posing that I can improve in the show itself, but I want to ride less of a roller coaster leading up to the show. I want to be more consistent, kind of, you know, wrangle those demons a little bit better, those binge eating tendencies, the restriction type, uh, you know, habits And reactions to that, you know, mentally, I think that's something I can work on. If those thoughts exist in my brain, I want to see them. I don't want to bury them. Um, And also on the backside, as we talked about the reverse, I want to have a plan. I want to actually stick to it. I want to feel what it feels like to do it better next time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I do like seeing the physical changes, you know, the little bit. So... I think it's hard because I can't say that I really notice a big change in my physique, even though I've really hit it hard for the last year and have been really consistently lifting. I've been really consistently eating enough. (laughs) I gained, uh, so my max weight at the end of January was 164 pounds. So I gained, uh, about 32 pounds. How's my math? 32 pounds since show day. Uh, at 164, I felt I had to remind myself. Like you said, it's not comfortable necessarily. It's emotional. I had, it was continual reminders. I would look in the mirror. I might say something negative to myself, some negative self talk. Wow, look how big you are. Look at your You know, all the things you can think of, and then I'd remind myself, no, you have goals. You're doing exactly what you need to do. You have beautiful body. All the positive things that you just self correct. Sometimes you don't necessarily believe it but you say it anyway Mm -hmm. and then you'll learn to believe it and that's kind of what it turned into for me
0: yeah and you said a lot of that to me Amanda was here in January and we were both kind of in this bulking stage where we're lifting heavy we want to add muscle therefore we need to eat we need to be comfortable being a heavier weight than we have we're not dieting and to be okay with that And I struggled with that really hard because, um, well, number one, my job is to teach people how to lose weight. I'm really good at losing weight. I can diet like like a champ. But put weight on intentionally and trust myself that it's not going to turn into 400 pounds, to trust myself that I will take it off, that's something I've not done since I started my weight loss journey. And so Amanda would say things like, you know, the worst thing that we could do right now is to undereat. So if we overeat today, that's actually not the worst thing that we could be doing because we're building muscle. We need to feed our bodies. We also need to reset our metabolisms because we were eating so little. It's like a bonfire. If you stop putting wood on the bonfire, the heat goes down. And that's what happens when
1: you diet, diet, diet down for these shows. Right? Your and metabolic shows, I think a lot of people struggle oh, yeah. with this period. In general, yes. yes. People that have been dieting, you know, chain dieting for years, just fat after fat or diet, 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 their metabolism gets so so jacked. low that yeah. they can barely eat anything. And so like the reverse has a really important purpose. It's to bring your numbers back up. I was happily eating, you know, twenty three to twenty five hundred calories a day and barely gaining weight, very slowly gaining weight yeah and that's so that's a
0: testament to your metabolism
1: your fire starting to burn hotter yeah and everybody's numbers are different of course everybody's fires are different sizes and heats and things but to trust that is hard
0: so that's what i even teach people people come to me all the time and they're not eating enough and they're not losing weight and they want to continue to cut their calories and i always say well what's the answer you eventually just eat nothing we have to get your fire burning so we have to have you eat more yes you're gonna gain a little weight kind of quickly for a couple weeks But your body calms down. And that is what happened to both of us. You start eating, you start gaining, but eventually the gaining slows, your body starts to burn, it starts to trust you, you get to eat more, um, and your weight stabilizes. But in a bulk season, in the off season, you have to be okay with gaining a little fat, along with gaining some muscle, gaining some mass, and it's uncomfortable. um, But it's it's a big part of the process, and one that I'd never done before um but so you're you gained about thirty pounds from stage. I gained about well, my high weight this winter was one seventy nine which you know my stage weight was one thirty seven so 32. what forty two pounds Oh yeah she' at you oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what was interesting well <laughs> what's interesting is the last time I was one seventy nine my body looked totally different totally. I was probably thirty five percent body fat at that weight.
1: I think about some different like just snapshots in my brain over the this off season of like how I felt about my body, and overwhelmingly it's really positive The, yes. the messages I was telling myself, even though sometimes I had the negative ones, was generally really positive and I, I don't know. It's just really valuable to me. It's really just kind of a testament to how you can change your relationship with your body, uh, you know, through going through things like this, through challenging yourself in different ways. And this was definitely a challenge for both of us.
0: For sure. And I found in the 170s, which I've been in the 170s all spring up until last week, I finally dipped out of the 170s. I fell in love with my body and my physique for the first time in a long time. I've loved my body more in the last few months than I did at 130, 140, 150 because when I was that low, I was terrified of losing that that feeling and I'd never been that size and it was it was just very obsessive. And now being this weight and feeling strong, feeling muscular, lifting heavier, and then also like my clothes still fit and I have I've added muscle. I I've added composition was power. totally different to my body and I just I fell in love with my body I have never felt so good in my skin almost almost to where I didn't want to do the show and and dye it down because like you know I love the way I look and I hadn't I mean even on stage I didn't love the way I looked right it's crazy I feel the same way so I'm so grateful for that that now I mean I feel like that part of my relationship
1: with my body is healed yeah forever and there's also the hang up on numbers. Like we all have snapshots in our brain of what you weigh your senior year of high school? Mm -hmm. And when do you weigh at this point in time? And you know, it's all weight, weight, weight. And when you start to really undergo a process of adding muscle through, you know, pretty intensive lifting, your weight is going to change because it is very, very true that muscle weighs more than fat. So, you know, if your composition is totally different, you're going to look completely different and at a different weight. So for me, 164, again, a really high weight for me. You know, I can't remember the last time I weighed that much. I loved it. I fit into my clothes still. I mean, I don't get a little tight, but it was like, it was a good look. I loved it. I fell in love with my body also. Yeah. So, um, And I mean, we share our numbers just because, for me personally, I like to kind of hear people just say, oh, this is how much I weigh, or, you know, I'll I'll tell them. It's going to, how many calories you eat, Um, it's going to be different for everybody. And, you know, just a little disclaimer, just, you know, it's just nice to know where other people are at and and just put a little perspective on, you know, what you may feel about your numbers. Um,
0: Exactly. Well, and that's the exact point that we're making. We found that out about ourselves is that that number on the scale is kind of meaningless at the end of the day. It is about body composition because you know when I was 179, the last time I was 179, I was like 35% body fat. I I was I looked overweight, I felt overweight. I was squishy. I had a lot of fat on my body. And at 179 this time, I had some fat on my body, but I had a lot of muscle. My body was solid, and I carried my weight in different places and that number on the scale it was totally meaningless compared to how I felt and how I looked in my same clothes fit me at 179 that fit me in the 150s. It's crazy. That really blew my mind. Yeah. So truly, if, I mean, I, I'm, I still, you know, for this prop, we have to weigh ourselves every day, but it's such a non-issue in my head compared to that body fat percentage number because that's really where it's at. It's body composition. And so someone else, 5'9", which I'm 5'9", could be walking around at 135 and look perfectly lean and here i am today 168 and i look perfectly lean same height 30 pounds different just look different because of what we're doing with our bodies so that was a it's has been a big lesson for me and i feel like this bulking process was what i needed to kind of finish the loop of understanding and respecting my body and falling in love with my body i've never had so much just happiness and when i do see fat or i see bloat like it doesn't freak me out anymore same i don't really know what intentionally
1: putting yourself in like an uncomfortable zone which is really why we do any of the things that we do that are hard you know and just feeling it and doing it anyway feel the fear and do it anyway and see what it's all about and explore it don't avoid it
0: no and to try i
1: think trusting
0: yourself i think when you're on a diet culture and i was you know overweight for so long and i did so many diets and couldn't diet couldn't diet Now we've proved we have a goal. We will diet down to that weight, the end. Like there was never going to be a time prepping for our show where we were going to quit and stop chasing. Maybe we wouldn't perfectly get there. That was a possibility. But there was never a time where I was just going to stop, jump off the wagon and go sit in the ditch with junk food for six weeks. Whereas in the past with diets, that was what I did. It got hard. I quit. But now, like I trust myself. It gets hard. I might have a bad day. I might have a bad macro day. But I can trust that I will stick with it until I reach a goal. That reputation with myself is something that I'll, I mean, I trust myself. Same. Which is really empowering.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like, have you ever seen that show Fit to Fat to Fit? No. So there's this trainer guy. He's perfectly fit and awesome. He decided to purposely gain like 75 pounds and then lose it with a client so he would know what it felt like, what he was putting them through. And I would watch that and be like, there is no way I would ever, ever do that. But now, I mean, I'm not going to do it. But now I understand. Like, <laughs> I could do that. If I had to do that, I could do that. Same. And that's really empowering to know. Yeah. Like, I, will, I have that much control over my body. Yeah. I, my mind
1: controls my and body. Acceptance and love yeah. and understanding and just general empowerment. Yeah. yeah i mean it's the
0: it's the ultimate test of can you endure uh being hungry can you endure being feeling chubby
1: you know right and
0: people don't even like to hear that so why would you say that well it's true sometimes you feel fat in your skin sometimes you feel bloopy and (laughs) floppy and when you walk when i carried so much water i would like feel the water shift as i took a step (laughs) and you're like well that's so uncomfortable but it's, it's happened and that's not fun i mean who wants to feel waterlogged and it's gross right but to be like well this is how it is today and one day it won't be that way Mm
1: -hmm. and and you just wait and i'm empowered to choose what it's gonna be like and it's all up to me and my behaviors and you know what goal i have right now today
0: yeah and i the, the big kicker was when you said the worst thing that we could do is not eat enough i was like oh that's amazing yeah. Like when you're trying to build muscle, you got to have calories for your body to grab to burn and then you got to have something for your body to turn into a muscle. It
1: doesn't turn muscle out of air. Right. That was something big that we both discovered through the first show pros- prep process. When you take off all the fat off your body, it doesn't just reveal a muscular body. There has to be something that you've worked for under there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, or it's up to you and your lifting activity is uh, what, what there is to reveal. So, you know, that hence the bodybuilding, the building part of bodybuilding. building. Oh, it's been cool um, and difficult. That, I would say that's probably the, been the hardest part of off season is, am I actually adding mass? Like, yeah. cause we know. see ourselves every day. It's kind of like losing weight. Like, oh, you see yourself every day. Can you tell the difference from day to day? I feel that way about, have I really gained? enough or anything yeah am i different and we don't know until we take the fat off and see what's left right it's kind of like opening what's behind door number two you know it's just like what's it gonna look like i've been working on it (laughs)
0: well and we both we both went into this with like a little bit of frustration about our butts because neither one of us are we don't have big booties and they judge your glute muscles and especially in bikini it's you gotta have a big booty and i don't and i knew that going in and it was like all right i'm not gonna win i'm not gonna win based on my glutes we're going to diet down, see what's under there. And what we found what was under there was there was nothing under there. <laughs> <laughs> I have like the tiniest little glute muscle ever. And so I was like, all right, if I'm going to do another show, I have to improve that or else what am I doing? There's just no point. And so I, I started working glutes three times a week really, really hard. And it was about six to eight weeks of working my glutes. My glutes hurting all the time. My butt has hurt. My butt has hurt all year. All the time (laughs) because I've been working it so hard and then the eating and it's worked. Now, I haven't added a ton. I don't have a big booty, but it's definitely better. Like it's picked up. It's rounder. There's a little more muscle. Now, I don't know how much will be there when all the fat's off. Like we'll see. But I know it's a little better. And that is so rewarding because before I just complain about it, but I didn't actually go after it hardcore. And now I have gone after it hardcore, like hardcore. I have never worked my butt. I've done more glute exercises this year than I've done all other exercises combined in like five years total. I swear to you. I've done so many butt reps. And it works. It's like, whoa. I did the thing and then it worked. Um, So I'm excited to see what that ends up looking because I know my butt will look different on show day. And that's exciting. Even if it's a little bit, I know. And I know I worked for it. I deserve to see a better butt.
1: I think some people might look at that and be like, "Oh, vanity! Why would you just work your butt like so many times all the time?" I, more than that, I think it's just something to focus on. It's some—it's some new challenge. It's an area of improvement, like anything. You play a sport, you play soccer, and you suck at you know kicking the ball in the net or whatever. Like right, like the whole point gonna, of the game, yeah. you suck at the whole thing. <laughs> you're gonna work on like your aim, like at the net or whatever. Like, that's your take area something of focus. We know something about. <laughs> I don't know anything about soccer. A uh, sports ball? I don't know. You would suck at like balling the sports ball? You suck at the thing in the, the game when the ball goes to the place.
0: <laughs> you didn't work on that. Oh okay. God. Okay.
1: <laughs> anyway, this has been Parables with Amanda. So. You got your, yes. your glute, your glute game is strong now. Stronger than yeah. it was. Well, in so. it okay.
0: In Miami, it's a it's not strong, you want to be like
1: 90 years old with like this giant right. booty, like bouncing around down the beach. Yeah. It's I'm not sure. going to be
0: Kristen Lopez, right? I'm not going to have Lo's butt. Um, and in Miami, everybody's got a giant butt and most of them are purchased, right? I'm not after that. If I wanted a big butt. So I had a butt lift in June where they took the excess skin off my butt. Cause I was fat. I had excess skin. They took that off. They also could have put fat there, so I had a big, like, jelly butt. Right? Trust me, the waiting room was full of women who had just had a Brazilian butt lift, which involves them taking fat somewhere from your body and putting it in your butt. And I live in Miami. Okay, Miami is Buttville. It's Buttville, USA. And so, no matter what, a Minnesota girl is going to stand out for not having one of those. And so, it's not that I need a butt to look Miami. Um, But people think that, like in the gyms here, it's like you walk around and it's just all the women there, it's just the butt show. And then I'm trying to do what they do and it's kind of like, (laughs) oh, look at that, isn't that cute? (laughs) But it's, it's, it's a thing. It's a muscle group and it's, unfortunately, it's judged really harshly in bikini and unfortunately I don't have one. Um, And so the idea of vanity with your butt in Miami is very widely accepted, luckily, but I do want to wear a shirt that says, I don't wanna I don't wanna be like you. I just wanna be less like me. <laughs> <laughs> Pancake butt. <laughs> but also shoulders. Bikini girls also have to have wider shoulders. So I've also I've also improved my shoulders, okay. But <laughs> but it's exciting to know that I deserve to stand on stage and have a better look. I think that's what it is. Is when you put the work in, you don't have to guess or wonder like is there going to be something better? Like, yes, there has to be. We ate the food. We picked up the heavy weights. Now we're dieting down. There's going to be an improvement. There has to be. And of course, that's a faith move. But also, I mean, it's science. Yeah. So and we did some pictures today when we lifted and comparing um, our show prep last year to this year. And we both have added muscle. Now, I don't know how much will be left once we're done prepping, because sometimes you lose muscle when you prep. Well, you do lose a little muscle during cut. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting to see that that process and that progress, which is people say, why do you do this? This is why.
1: I was surprised to see that picture. I mean, like I said, I see me every day, so I don't see the change necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It looks good. I'm excited, cool.
0: too. So we're 11 and a half weeks out. The show we're doing is in Minneapolis, so I'm really excited because um we both are from minneapolis so we're gonna be at a show where people we know can come and see us if they want to obviously it's not everybody's cup of tea (laughs) but it's like the hometown show and and it's gonna be really fun to do a show there and it'll be smaller than the the st louis show that we did
1: smaller and the ability to stay somewhere more home-like and not have to travel far to something yeah traveling that was tough yeah are you going to get your makeup done this time? Or are you doing your own? No, no, no. I'll do my makeup. I like yeah. the drag
0: queen makeup. Yeah. It's really fun. Like the whole th- fun of it for me of the day is the glam. Yeah. I get the hair extensions and you do the crazy glam makeup. I would never wear makeup like that. Any There's no other time or reason to wear makeup like that. No. It's so fun. And it doesn't necessarily, I mean, you wouldn't walk to McDonald's, you know, in that on a normal Tuesday, but I mean, you could, I wouldn't. But it's just super fun. So yeah, definitely hair, makeup, do the spray tan, contemplating getting a different show bikini. They're expensive, but it's just, you know, it's fun. That is the Victory Lab. So it's in July, 11 and a half weeks. Between now and then, we're going to be continuing to cut. So we're on prep right now. Amanda's here. So we've been lifting and we've been eating all of our special concoctions of... <laughs> Low calorie condiment laced um, foods. We are, Amanda's a master chef at making super low calorie, highly tasty chemical shitstorm food.
1: <laughs> Man, I have really upped my game this prep as far as the, all the trace calorie condiments that I incorporate into my foods and yeah, my amazing. chemistry with microwaving. Protein
0: powder with various things because we're on low calorie, high protein uh, diets with low carbs, low fats. So, you know, you get you, you get a certain amount of food you get to eat, and uh, they're pr- I mean, protein is protein. Protein powder, chicken, fish, lean ground beef, eggs, egg whites. There's not a whole lot of variety on the planet of protein. So you got to be creative on how you make it taste different and palatable and filling. So you want to get full on a calorie deficit. You have to be creative. So we eat a lot of veg and then there's just lots of different ways to make things tasty. There's a lot of different Amanda has discovered zero calorie and sugar free condiments up the wazoo.
1: I want to just yeah, G Hughes brand is, G Hughes. They amazing. make some really good stuff. The barbecue sauce, the they have this level 2 wing sauce, Thai chili. I'm mm. saying it right here. So delicious. On you know, turn anything into like that stir fry type flavor. It's so good. Green yeah. beans. The other like, night
0: here She sautéed onions and green beans in this... A few carrots. and some carrots. And the sauce is, what, five calories a tablespoon or something? Yeah. And it tastes like, you know, Szechuan beans you'd order at a, you know, at a Asian restaurant. And, you know, what is that? Like 20 calories? We don't really log or count green vegetables. They don't... There's so much fiber in them. We can eat a lot of green veg. We have that and some fish. So you air fry that with some good seafood seasoning. And you get full. And it's delicious you
1: super low
0: And you're staying on prep. Yeah. So, whereas I live alone, I tend to be like, all right, I need protein. Here, I'll eat this can of tuna. Uh, I need some, <laughs> some carbs. Here, I'll make some of these oats and put some sugar-free syrup on it. Okay, I'm
1: going to bed. Like, that's how I roll. <laughs> I would probably turn into that, except I have Jeff at home who... Wants like reasonably delicious food. So part of my whole, you know, experimentation has to do with making him feel like he's satisfied with the food too and not having to prepare more than one meal for both of us. It's smart. And then he just eats a shit ton of it.
0: (laughs) It's smart. And you know, it's, it's interesting because I, you know, I'm a food coach. So I teach people how to eat healthier and talk about macros and protein. So I'm always giving ideas and talking about how to get, you know, how to, how to eat a lifestyle where you're eating high protein, lower calorie foods um, that you make at home, and it can be daunting to a lot of people. But when you're on something like a prep and you don't have a choice, all of a sudden you get creative and you start to find ways to make plain, quote unquote, plain foods taste good. And a lot of times it starts with just being willing to strip it down to cooking something with just salt and pepper and learning to like the flavors of things, and then to get creative and hyper palatable foods out there at restaurants and that you find on fast food and Doordash, you you order something like that and yeah sure it's like tasty to a degree but you sacrifice all of the other parts of the meal like you get 500 calories for a chicken sandwich from chick-fil-a well 500 calories if you know how to cook your food if you know how to make your food taste good you can eat a lot of food for those same calories yeah so it's It's been an interesting journey into just understanding how much you get to eat when it's real food. That was a long way to say
1: it, but... Yeah, and I have had the question, you know, from friends, like, can you do a prep clean? Can you eat clean on prep? And, of course, yes, you can. Though You know, we joke about all the sugar-free stuff and all the ways to just maximize food and, you know, make it taste good and come up with all kinds of, like, weird combinations. You certainly definitely can have just a small serving of rice and a hard-boiled egg and some meat and you know a little bit of vegetable and have a clean very clean diet um but for me it's not satisfying to do that i want to eat a lot of food and i want to taste a lot like the more sinful foods that i I appreciate (laughs) i just don't have the willpower to execute
0: that well no and that's not sustainable yeah Well, and Amanda is really good at finding new ways to eat food. So we follow different people on Instagram, bodybuilders and MPC pros and stuff that post what they do because they're in this too and they're doing it all of the time too. So to eat things differently, like I really learned that I, my favorite food is pancakes with syrup and eggs with runny yolks. And I realized like the thing I really like is the syrup and the egg combination. So when I can't have pancakes because I'm on low-carb, well, I can just put syrup on my eggs. That might sound weird, but I found the thing about that meal that I like. So now I eat um, sugar-free syrup on my egg whites, and I feel like, yum, I like this. Okay, it sounds weird and stuff, right? It's weird. But to really drill down and see what is it about the food that I like, and then I can still have it. And then Amanda came up with or found, where did you find the recipe
1: for savory oats? Julia Renee. She's a IFBB wellness pro. She shared her love for savory oats she spices the oats she doesn't put sweet stuff in them and then she basically puts ground beef and a little fat-free cheese sometimes and a runny egg on top with like whatever hot sauce or a spice seasoning mix that you appreciate and it's just freaking phenomenal it's like I'll even so good saute some mushrooms or onions with it you know it's like if you're from the midwest it's like a hot dish it's like <laughs> casserole it's amazing. Yeah, comfort food. And so to, food. to learn to
0: eat something in a different way. So a lot of people, say, like, how do I get away from rice and pasta? Like, yeah, rice and pasta are tasty. Pasta is nutritionally void of anything. There's just nothing good in pasta. But rice, quinoa, potatoes, oats, those are carbohydrates that are good for you. Well, how do you make those taste as good as pasta? Well, I don't know if you can make them as good as pasta. But when you learn to eat these foods in a different way, that bowl, like, she made that savory oats when she came. So it's it was so filling i was super full it was perfectly balanced carbohydrates fat protein delicious and completely unusual from the normal thing so it's just another another thing with food if you decide you want to do something you decide you're going to eat a certain way if you are willing to try new things you can find a way to enjoy your food i will not i refuse to hate all my food if i hate my food i'm done like i find a way to love all my food
1: <laughs> right it wouldn't it be easier if you just didn't care about whether you loved or hated food yeah, I mean, well, Some people are like that.
0: But it's miserable. So when I had COVID, I couldn't taste or smell. Yeah. And those were the saddest days, honestly, of my life.
1: Right. Because you want I to just taste. Yeah.
0: yeah, I just want to at least taste the food I'm eating and enjoy it. Right. So it's possible. So if you like um, interesting food like that, Julia Renee, uh, she's a wellness pro. And now I also follow her. She's also really, really funny. She's just
1: really great and real and...
0: And I, I've always liked um, Kristen Wright. I talked about her last time we did this. Um, I follow her. She posts really, really great recipes too. People that have been doing bodybuilding, even if you're not interested in bodybuilding, but you want interesting ways to eat healthy, clean food, start following people who are competitive bodybuilders because they're cooking their food, they're following specs, they get bored with the same things too, and so they've got really interesting things um, to eat. So find some, find some of those and follow them. If you follow Mandy maddie durrell <laughs> amanda's instagram is maddie durrell if you follow amanda and me on instagram and see who we follow you'll see all of these great NPC competitors that we follow and you can follow them too but yeah julia renee uh jenna fail we really like her because she's a first form girl and we just like looking at her and listening to her she's super funny and cute yeah and then Kristen wright we also like maya um, I don't
1: know her last name. I don't know, I don't know any of them. I just know their it's Instagram name. Maya uh, underscore IFBB pro. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> she lives in the Bay Area and she posts awesome workouts and just generally uplifting posts about, you know, body love and acceptance and, yeah. you know, the transformation process and bulking versus show, um, you know, cycles. So yeah she's great too
0: it's nice to see some of these people we see on stage first time we saw maya she was a pro competing at the first show we went and gawked at and you know she's perfect she almost won i don't remember what she placed Mm -hmm. and then she went through a period where she wanted to take time off and she let her body just rest she gained weight she had some surgeries and now she's doesn't look like she did on the stage and she's happy and she's in love with her body and she's lifting and she's eating and she's you know living her normal life trusting that when she's ready to hit a stage she knows how to do it that kind of message is something that we all I think we need to say it's not all about looking like you're going to go on a stage it's about finding something you love honoring your body I think it's so cool to see what our bodies can do Mm -hmm. and you know manipulate it a little bit yeah our bodies do it they do what they want but
1: they also kind of do what we tell them to do right with consistent input right and people have asked me well why do you do this it's not healthy to get that lean or whatever and it's true. It's not healthy to go to that place. But what has been healthy for me is exploring all these emotions that I have around body image and food and, you know, some of these deep, dark tendencies that I have um, at different points in the process. And that's really what's been psychologically healthy for me. So I feel good about the process. And I don't know whether I'll do it again after the second the second show, your third show. Um, but I also trust myself to decide what's good for me and what my next goal or challenge is and that feels good too because I've come from a lot of different athletic type background and yes you're an iron man yeah and I'm okay not being a triathlete right now but if and when I decide to do that again I can do that and that's also been kind of um, inspiring for me personally Um, I'm okay not running all the time. I had really cemented my identity as I am a runner. Running just doesn't coincide with my current goals. And frankly, even if it didn't and I still really loved it, I would still do it. But I just don't love it right now. If and when I do again, I'll run more again. And that's perfectly fine and comfortable for me. I don't have to be uh, tethered to anything. That's such growth because... I think a lot
0: of us do that. If I'm not a runner, who am I? Like, especially if you get injured. Well, what Mm -hmm. do I do? Who am I if I am not a this, if I am not doing Mm -hmm. this? But to say, well, sometimes I identify as a runner because I run a lot. But I'm Amanda. I'm an athlete. What am I going to pick up next? That's really empowering to say, I'm just Amanda. I kind of... Something else might. We might become pickleball stars, that's Amanda. Right. I trust my compass to
1: lead yeah. me to my my next sport. We gotta play probably pickleball soccer.
0: <laughs> yeah, You <least laughs> up your soccer knowledge. Go there next. I feel like you could just walk no out work there. Work on getting the ball in the net. Yeah, I don't know if that's bouncing the, on my head. Oh, that is part of <laughs> that soccer. Is part of it, yeah. That would have been a better analogy. Oh, okay. Like if you suck at bouncing the ball on your head, you would practice that. That's Right. And then I would have said, "Yeah," instead of making fun of you. <laughs> um well it's funny too because so we lay ourselves every day and this morning this morning i got up and I, i'm reading the power of now which is a really really great book about you know being present and i'm also reading this book called the path to love they're great together and the message the overwhelming message has been that if you imagine having everything that you want so think about everything that you want right now i want a body that's going to look good in that bikini on a stage i'm working for that so it's like all right imagine having that okay i had that i remember how it felt and then it just said, no, imagine having that the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. What happens is we go, all right, I have this now, what? We naturally want something else once we get the thing that we want. And so to remember that life is not about having the thing that we want, life is about living in the moment, enjoying working towards a goal. So if you don't enjoy working towards something that is in the future, why are you doing it? So if you get up in the morning and the scale doesn't move, so what? You're not doing it to get the scale to move. You're doing it to do it. So to get up and go, like this morning, I was tired. Amanda's scale didn't move. We go to the gym. It was like, we're we're bodybuilders. We're here to lift. This is fun. We're doing this because we like to lift weights. So let's lift the weights. This Mm -hmm. is why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. We had so much fun, at least for me, setting down, okay, I'm tired. Well, I'm tired in my body. Well, I'm not tired in my heart. I got my friends here. We're going to pick up heavy stuff. We're powerful. There's no one else in the gym because everyone else is mediocre. And we like <laughs> rode that wave and it was so much fun. It was a good time. So to remember no matter what you're pursuing, once you have it, it's you have it and then what? So let's just enjoy the moment of today I'm chasing something and it's something really fun. So let's, let's enjoy the chasing. I think last time I lost that a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, if... Things were predictable and happening on schedule and constantly and you know not causing you any anguish. would it really be as valuable when you did achieve the thing like, yeah you know like, yeah. i I want to have shitty days where the skill doesn't move and where I persevere anyway and don't you know go quit because that makes it even sweeter when I attain the goal
0: for sure well, and that's the thing too. It's like you have a bad day in this process, at least for me and you, we committed to this there's not going to be a I guess I'm not doing it. So even if we don't get the result that we want, well, so what? We're gonna quit? No, so go do the thing. You know, put the, put the emotional response to the number. I'm on the scale for 0. .0001% of my day. If that part of my day rules how I feel for the rest of it, I've got something really wrong. True. So, and we had so much fun this morning. So it's just a little lesson. Whatever you're pursuing, the pursuit is the, is the fun. Like last year during prep, I mean, we had so much fun and we laughed so hard at all of the funny memories. And the day of was fun. But that was one little day and like six months of chasing it was really where the fun is. So I'm repeating myself. It's so much fun. And now tomorrow, like if if history repeats itself. (laughs) Last year we did a podcast, like it's so hard and we love how hard it is. Okay, bye everyone. And then the next day we're like, oh my gosh, we are never going to make it. This is so hard. Let's quit. Deep depression. Deep depression. (laughs) I think our coach said go eat. He did. He sent us to go have a big carb refuel meal and dessert.
1: We did, and it. we did nailed it. it. We
0: we did such a good job on that refeed meal, and then you know that let the pressure off. So, we're not doing that tonight. We already had our no. refeed meal. Yes. So, I guess that's all we have. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated weekly on my podcast now there's going to be a little like prep update i was asked to do that so really yeah so maybe i'll call amanda and get hers and then we'll give you a prep update for those of you rabid fans who listen every week and text me where's your podcast i love when you do that because then i know you want it so that's all from us now thanks for having me Thanks for coming to, all the way to Miami. Yep, it's a tough sell when, when the weather in Minnesota is crappy. But it's really she, rough. Yeah, she, she said even if if okay. I didn't live in Miami,
1: she'd come visit me. So it's true. That's I come true. for you, not for the location.
0: All the years, but the location's pretty rad too. It's
1: cool.
0: So, all right, we'll keep you posted. That's all. Okay, we don't. I don't know how to end this. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. And <laughs> then Minnesota goodbye. Oh, the Minnesota. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay then. Okay.
1: All right. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yep. See ya. Uh-huh. Take care. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, see you later. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at KristensmithOnline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.